This is Folklife Field Notes, a podcast from WMRA and the Virginia Folklife Program at Virginia Humanities, exploring living traditions in Virginia through sound recorded by the Folklife Program. I'm Chris Boros from WMRA, and I'm here with Pat Jarrett from the Folklife Program. Pat, great to see you. Good to see you again, Chris. So what have you got for us today? Well, I kind of wanted to share with you some audio and some interview from one of our apprenticeship teams. Now, at the Virginia Folklife Program for about the past 20 years, actually, I think this next class is going to be the 20th class, we have been giving out grants to individual artists to take on an apprentice and do a nine-month intensive course to teach a traditional art form. This is everything from Virginia country ham curing and banjo playing to Mongolian mask making. Virginia is quite an amazingly diverse state. And this past year, we had the pleasure of having capoeira master uh, Yara Cordario uh, and her apprentice uh, Ruthie Lazama uh, in our program there in Northern Virginia, Reston, and they practice capoeira. Explain what capoeira is for anyone, including myself, that doesn't know a lot about that. Well, that was kind of the tricky thing. I, I, I got the application from them, and I was very excited to receive it. And then I went down the journey myself because what I knew of capoeira was that it was a martial art. And in actuality, it, you know, every time you think you've got it, there's another element that you don't know. So I asked, well, what's, what's capoeira to Yara? And she said, well, it's, it's a little bit of everything. <laughs> So it's it's yes, it's a martial art, it's a practice, but it's also music, it's also song, it's rhythms. Between 1500 and 1815, Brazil purchased enslaved Africans to work in the plantations. This evolved out of the enslaved people that fought for their freedom, and they were able to escape into the interior of Brazil, and this kept them safe. But maybe we should have Yara describe it. So you had the slaves brought to Brazil from different tribes, different cultures, different, and they were placed intentionally, sometimes from enemy tribes. And they start you know, learning from each other. I have a dance, she has a, a, a fight, you have a singing. And, and that is how they, they start bonding and creating a sense of community identity. So to survive the loneliness of, of being you know, brought from Africa and made a slave. Then you, once you start having the, the urban contest and slaves and post-slaves, you know, displacement, no job options and all this. They had a lot of free time. So they would gather and, and, and start you know, practicing whatever is a blend of what they did. And then, you no, know, you have the need of the fans. You have the, the need of people actually asking for their service because they were good fighters or no. And then they start practicing some sort of fight or they have the persecution, police going after them and then they need to fight. So the social need of the moment resulted in, in an art form that had a need of defense, but at the same time a need of disguise. So it was not known that they could defend themselves. Is it safe to say that they used this dance as a way to hide the fact that they were learning how to fight? That's exactly it, Chris. And what they would do is, uh, the, the way capoeira is practiced, they get together in a circle and there's music playing, Say you were to come across it in a field or in a village or something like that, it would appear like it was a dance and a party. 
and you would not really know that it was training. And to this day, it's a strong community looking out for one another and practicing but not hurting each other. You know, this is why capoeira, you know, you often see that they'll miss. You know, they won't hit each other. Mm. But it's learning the movement, learning the, the flow of it all so that if you're in a situation like that, one can move out of the way kind of like jujitsu almost, you know, use the momentum. But also it's about supporting your friends, supporting the, your loved ones, supporting your community with defense. It was persecuted. If they knew that you were a capoeirista, you could go to jail because it became illegal for a, a, a period of time. So, so you know, they didn't want the, that population to be able to fight against them. So it became illegal. But if you're just dancing, then we're not doing anything bad, you know? So. So it wasn't like a, a one-day decision, a committee decision, but it happened through the best of time in Brazilian history. This art form was shaped into what it is today. And then at some point, it wasn't that contest anymore. So you, you start having a more didactic structure. You started having a, a, a more educational structure. So it evolved. It's an art. Art evolves. It is an art that evolved to what we have, and it's still evolving, but evolved to what it is today, but it has this great history that needs to be a fight without looking like a fight, that it has to be disguised, and that's part of the essence. There are, you know, kind of these like life lessons also that come out of Capoeira. We do try to reach out um, and, and make ourselves known, um, bring in, I mean, it's generational, so that teaching and that instruction, but passing that down, you know, to other people. And then also just like, you know, making sure that we continue to build, you know, what we have started, right? And even with those people that have just like, like left, because life takes over, you know, and sometimes it's, it's, it's kind of hard to continue, but, it pulls you in, right? Because you know that this is like, it's a safe environment. It, it's, um, you know, there are people there that do, you know, care about you. And we all have this one thing in common, you know? And so, it, you know, that, that essence of that, that's my community, you know, these are my people. Do people that practice capoeira, do they see themselves more as dancers or as fighters? They see themselves as caparistas, hmm. practitioners of this art form. Yes, it's martial arts. But they also just as much consider themselves musicians, singers, and members of a community. What defines you in capoeira is what you, you do in capoeira. So eventually you can have frictions or disputes or whatever, but those are based on what you do or don't do for capoeira because we all trying to protect the art form and the, the community that protect that art form. So you're gonna disrespect Capoeira somehow, then we're gonna have a problem. But if you're not gonna disrespect Capoeira, then we are cool. Capoeira works as, as a connector. And then we go back to the complexity. It's a dance, it's a fight, it's a martial art, it's music, it's instrument, it's fitness, it's, it's ch children, it's old people, it's the athletic, the non-athletic, you know. And we adapt the way you teach and the way you play, depending on you know, you have an injury, you go to the instruments, you cannot train, go play a tambourine, whatever. So you can always belong, regardless of, of any limitation you have. You, know, you can always belong. So you have that complexity of elements that Capoeira has, 
it gets complicated to compare capoeira. No, people tend to compare to other martial arts, or compare to other dance, or compare. But once we start comparing, we are comparing one aspect of capoeira and not the whole diversity of capoeira. And that diversity is what makes everybody somehow connect. That was Yara Cardario, and she is a master caparista. Yes, at Abada Capoeira, D.C. You know, kind of covers Northern Virginia, Maryland, and the Washington, D.C. area. Where is she originally from? She is from Brazil, and she started as a child just nipping at the heels. You know, she is and was just a force of nature and is very ambitious and driven, and you can feel that when you're in her presence. I'm very mama type. <laughs> I mean, we may be close in age or some students are older than me. I don't care. They're my babies. <laughs> They're always going to be my babies. And I'm mama type that, you know, yell at them if there's something wrong and, 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 and you know, praise them if there's something good. It's like not, not a, I'm not a spoiling kid mama type at all. <laughs> no, no. Is it easy for someone to get involved in this community? Like, can you be in a, a 30-year-old adult and say, yeah, I want to try this? <laughs> Or, or do you have to be raised in it? No, no, not at all. Uh, some of the people there started later than 30. They started in their 40s. Wow. Uh, there were some some older members of this community. They said you can start at any level, and everybody is welcome. Yara told me that the community is self-selecting. Students select her as a teacher, and they keep coming back. And I think the community is a big part of that. We don't choose our students. People come and sign up for class. If they like, they stay. If they don't, they don't. But I don't choose these students. Now, of course, that if they don't have a, a, a connection and energy, they probably won't last. But the fact is that they choose to come train with me. And I'm really, really lucky with the students that I have. You know, if I have a, any, any part on this or, or not, I don't know, but I'm really lucky. We always had a really good relationship, but now with, with the friendship, we have the extra training that we do this this one-on-one with us, you know? So we do the class with everybody, and she takes all the class, and then class is over, okay, everybody, and we stay on the on one-on-one, the -on you know? And then we're not even training while we're training class, because she already trained that in class, so it makes no sense. So we are working on, on details, on, on, on musicality, on, on new rhythms, you know, and, and, and sharing with her, and we talk about the, the teaching and how to teach, and you no, know, and sometimes I travel, she teaches in my place, and she's a phys ed teacher already, so, so it's an easy conversation as far as, as how teaching goes, you know, and just need to put the, the nuances of capoeira in that. But she's really, extremely dedicated. Capoeira has a life of its own, you know? Capoeira is an art, and, and every time that the capoeira history that people try to, to control or limit in a way, capoeira found a way to survive. In capoeira, caporistas have pet names for each other. For example, Ruthie is charada, or charada, which means charade, because that is her fighting style. It, it represented how she moved. You're not necessarily referred to as your first given name. And the thing with Yara is Yara is just Yara. She, she is, uh, is known as that. That is her name, which is actually, in Brazilian folklore, it roughly translates to Mother of the Rivers, 
and it's a, a mermaid who protects the rivers of Brazil. When I started, and Yara's pretty good with like figuring out, okay, like who is this person, the identity that this person is now going to carry in the, in the world of Capoeira and picking out nicknames. Because I'm a psychologist and I said <laughs> self-esteem and identity and development, Brazilians have a sense of humor that if I put a nickname and you don't like it, that's the one that's going to stick. Because it's about me making fun of you and teasing you. Mm -hmm. But I study self-esteem and self-identity. I can't give you a nickname that is not going to help your sense of... It goes against everything that I study. Yeah. So I always try to get a nickname that somehow is going to make the person, you know, bring something good out of the person. So then it was just, it had was taking Gara like a long time to figure out some people in the first class, you look yeah. at them and you know, and then and, and, and she was there forever and I'm like, man, I cannot get a nickname for know. her. And then I remember you had said you had a student back in Brazil that had a similar name like Charada. I don't know what that name yeah, was, but you were know. like, and, and you're like, Charada, ah, that's yeah. your nickname. And I said, because it was, okay. no, it was a charade to find her nickname. Yeah. And someone, <laughs> make, and someone made a comment because she, she has a very contagious big laugh. Like and, no, and there was someone in the class that likes comics, you know, and the charade in the comic has that big, the big laugh. So when they said, I'm like, that's it. That's it. So she's the charade. The charade. <laughs> so your, your instructor gives you the nickname, yes? Yes. Personally? Mm -hmm. Do you have one? I don't because my name is a na nickname name. Iara is a native uh, folkloric-led figure in Brazil. So the natives believe that there's a mermaid that lives in the rivers of Brazil and protects <laughs> the rivers of Brazil. She comes up at sunset, you no know, long black hair, but it is known as a mystic uh, mermaid that is the meaning of the word is it the mother of the waters or queen of the waters. And she's a mermaid that lives in the rivers of Brazil and protects the rivers of Brazil. So what we were listening to right there, they call a game, right? Well, yeah, and this one is a little bit different because this was actually a batizado where the caporista gains new rank. Much like other martial arts practices that we're all familiar with, karate and kung fu, there are belts, there are there is a rank. And typically, one of these games is a full circle of people. All the caporistas are in the circle. Some of them are fighting. Some of them are playing the barambao which is a single-stringed instrument. It, it looks like a bow, uh, you know, like a longbow, but there's a drum at the, at the end of it. it, it it's, it's an interesting instrument, and that's that kind of string sound you hear. And then there are all sorts of drums, and everybody is clapping and singing. And these are the songs. This is capoeira as well. sounds like a party. It kind of is. And what's <laughs> funny, you say that. 
so at at this Batizado specifically, after everybody attained their new rank and after uh, speeches were made and thanks were given, it literally did devolve into a dance party, <laughs> which was really fantastic. And and of course, I was I was just delighted, and so I made some photos. It was out at this park, and it was on the Tai Chi court. And I don't think this Tai Chi court has ever seen that kind of action until the Batizado. It was great. And I think what everyone is curious about, Pat, is did you participate in the dance? <laughs> Chris, I'm not that much of a dancer, but I did make a lot of pictures. So I'll share those with you. You can hear the music and the singing and the instruments, and you can kind of tell people they're dancing, but there's also some martial arts happening here, too. Explain what that looks like. What's the, the fighting technique like? Oh, certainly. It's a very fluid motion, but w- what I think is really interesting is, you know, you've got the music going on, you've got the, the rhythm going. Two caparistas meet in front of the master, highest ranking, the elder, almost. They kneel, they bow, they show respect, and they grasp hands at the top of the circle. If, we're, if the circle is a clock, they're at 12. They grab hands, they release slowly and move into the center of the circle and start practicing. They start playing with each other. They start maybe throwing kicks or, or throwing punches, but it's very rhythmic. It's moving back and forth. There's constant motion. As they are playing with each other, other capoeiristas will tag in almost. They'll see their friend getting tired and they they'll but they, they'll move in seamlessly. And that's part of it. Part of this practice is coming to your friend's aid and backing up your friends when they need an out. And if they're rocking and rolling, they'll let them rock and roll as well. I, I, there's some really interesting acrobatic moves. That depends on the style being practiced in the fight. So there are really acro- acrobatic styles, there are low styles where you're very much a lot of groundwork and moving low. There are a lot of kicks and extended punches. It's fascinating. I've got some of that on video in slow motion, and it's very cool to watch. Because Capoeira is so many things at the same time, that it's hard for us to try to funnel it to an end, a proper end. No, no, Capoeira will survive. I know that. Mm-hmm. Capoeiristas can help or not, Capoeira will survive. Because capoeira has something that I think, honestly, the world needs today, which is this welcoming to the differences, is the respect to all in the same way, is whatever you give to me, I give back to you. And no, without preconceptions. No, and that's something that doesn't matter how much people try to destroy that in the world, that's what keeps us bonded and growing and evolving and caring for each other. history that needs to be a fight without looking like a fight that has to be disguised and that's part of the essence and it is a blend of the diversity of the culture from different people so the diversity needs to be welcomed because that's part of the history so when you look fight capoeira is, is just one aspect of it dance capoeira but a game a game could be a friendly game a challenging game aggressive game so the game kind of covers all the different nuances that you can have on that. So we play capoeira. 
We're also hearing music as well. So are the people involved in the fight, are they also playing the music or are those different people? Same people. You've got some of the, one of the first people I talked to, there was this big scary looking guy. <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, and and he was uh, he was stretching and he was getting ready. And I said, oh, are you, are you fighting today? Because I, I, I was still learning the lingo. And he says, well, yeah, but I've got to practice capoeira first. And so he walks over to the drum and starts getting the rhythm. Hmm. And he was one of the main percussionists all day. And he said, you know, you can't do one without the other. It's a controlled way of playing the game, right? Because if we just want to fight, you know, and we defend ourselves, right, then that takes away the whole ideal of that interaction that needs to happen between me and you. So I don't want to go in playing and just automatically think, attack and fight, and then you go down, I go down. Okay, that's it. Thank you very much, right? That's why there's the music and the instruments because you really do have to embody. And not to say that, you know, like Yara had said, that there are those different types of games that you can play, okay? But it can't be all the time because then it does take away, you know, the beauty of what Nakura is. So these people aren't necessarily just fighters. They're musicians, they're singers, they're dancers. I mean, there's a lot going on here. This is a very tight-knit community. Hmm. And I feel like every person who is at the Spatizado, and as far as I can tell everybody at Abada, D.C., is a member of this community. Were you one of the only people there that weren't a member? Well, that's cool. So, no, th in this park, there are a lot of family members there to watch their loved ones fight. So, traditionally, it's a, f it's a full circle of Capoeiristas practicing. But at the park that day, it was a half circle, and the other half circle were a bunch of lawn chairs. <laughs> <laughs> and you got a bunch of people watching their kids who were getting their beginner belts, and, and there were partners and mothers and fathers and aunts and uncles and, and close friends. And it... I'll tell you what, it was one of the highest ranking practitioners who Yara played with uh, in the circle. He achieved a very high level. He was the highest achieving of that day. And to surprise him, a bunch of his other friends who he used to practice capoeira with showed up. They were not in uniform. They were not there to play. But they were there to support him, and they were invited up to play with him. And Chris, he was crying when he was playing with his old friends, it was a really moving moment. It showed me how deep these connections are in the Capoeira community. Yeah. We saw three styles. Main three styles were Benguela, which is the slower, closer to the ground style. You saw Hejanal, which is your typical traditional capoeira style. It's stand up, it's fast, it's acrobatic. And then you saw Iyuna, which is a style within our school reserved for graduated students. And that's uh, a little bit slower, but it's more acrobatic. Um, focus on, on the acrobatics side of it. Um, and then at the end you heard, you saw Samba Jehoda. Yeah, and, and, but all of that is capoeira. All of it's capoeira. All right, 
Wonderful. Yeah. Right, and, and tell me your name, Monsieur. I'm Fosfato. You what? <laughs> Fosfato. Yeah, that's my uh, capoeira name. So Fosfato. Okay. It means matchstick. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Tall and Exactly. Yeah. They speak about capoeira as it is an entity of its own. I believe that there is some power to that, to say that this community combined is bigger than any single one of us. You are fighting with her, you are playing with her, and I'm gonna take over. No, she's tired, she's my friend, I'm protecting her, so I take over the cha and to challenge you. I always say this, it's not like a basketball or that you need to stop the game to replace, it's more like a hockey. You know, the game is going on, the guy jumps off, the other one jumps in and the game is and, keeps, keep and the going. Game keep going. Yeah. I'm not taking her place, I'm saving her, <laughs> you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm jumping into, into the conversation and taking over the game. So it's a part of, you know, a culture. And it comes from, you no, know, like, we're friends, you know, and we go out and, and then, then you get in a fight for her. I come to defend my friend. I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. It was a crime to practice capoeira because it was so feared and the powers that trafficked humans to Brazil wanted to keep those people from being able to defend themselves. And the way to combat that was to have a strong community. The capoeira is a collective thing. You have, as in any field, political and different organizations and it's part of life, but capoeira itself, it's a common positive connector of people. When you meet people who do capoeira, you automatically have an empathy or a, or a, a, a synchronicity with them, and that brings them together. So the capoeira is the result of a blend of the diversity. So we keep that up to today. You know, anything that defines you outside of capoeira, it doesn't count. What defines you in capoeira is what you, you do in capoeira. When you spent time with the Caparistas, what is your overall reflection on being with them? How did you feel? Chris, I, I felt like I was dropping in just for a short time. But in that short time, I felt such a strong community bond. They loved each other like family. And you can feel that when you walk into a place. That being said, Yara and Ruthie specifically are just tough ladies. <laughs> And I absolutely love them. I think they're fantastic. And I'm so happy that they're here in Virginia. And I'm happy that we can support their journey practicing capoeira. It was really an honor to be let in and to see that. Because capoeira has something that I think honestly the world needs today, which is this welcoming to the differences is the respect to all in the same way is whatever you give to me I give back to you and no without preconceptions no and that's something that doesn't matter how much people try to destroy that in the world that's what keeps us bonded and growing and evolving and caring for each other so capoeira in my view should be a lesson for all those people who keep fighting about everything in life you know what just play some capoeira together and see that your differences are not so different like that we may have a lot of difference, but at the end we have an essence that is common to everybody. And Capoeira teaches us that.